And I thought it was very funny. This is how I got uh, started in Japan, by the way. Steph, you won't believe this. So um, we got denied. Then we went back. And then they said, okay, um, go. Th this is what they told me to do. Go to a store, buy a toothbrush, and send us the receipt. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something really cool, and that's how to scale quickly with cross-border expansion uh, with uh, Amazon FBA. We're going to be talking about the importance of diversifying risk and opportunity, what the landscape uh, looks like with competitors from the U.S. versus the European market, and what are um, what there's to consider when selling in Europe. All right, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, like I mentioned, scaling quickly with cross-border expansion uh, with Amazon FBA. That's the topic of the day. Our guest today, first-time guest, uh, since 2011, our guest has launched over 100 brands from startups, SMEs, up to Fortune 500 companies on the European marketplaces and generated millions of dollars worth of sales. Today, he's the founder of market, uh, Marketplace uh, Distry and European Amazon Operator and Accelerator. Our guest will join us in a second, and that's Steph Von Bokel. All right. Let's have a word from our sponsor and we'll get right back with the boy blunder. I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer, for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome, Steph. Good morning or good afternoon for you, Norm. Uh, good evening uh, for me. It's lunch. <laughs> well, maybe we can have yeah, I know, a dinner. I know, I know dinner with Steph. In, uh, in your time. There we go. Dinner with Steph. That's what the podcast is today. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Steph. So glad you could join you us today. I have wine. Oh, very good. There you go. Okay. So yeah, you know, before I came on, I was just saying, hey, this is casual. Just, uh, you know, expect, like, just kind of sit back and it's just like having a beer with a friend. Well, maybe it's wine. Okay, let's change it to wine. I forgot. You're in Europe. Okay, wine. All I'm right. Italy, actually, so, uh, oh, have... very good. Whereabouts in Italy? And uh, it's uh, in the region of Tuscany, in a city called Luca. It's uh, near uh, Florence and uh, Pisa. Oh, wow. 
Jeez, you know? uh, it, it's a very sophisticated uh, podcast today. I, I the bun's almost wine we drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we just dive right into it because this is a very interesting um, conversation and a lot of dot com. So U.S. sellers, Canadian sellers, yeah, I see Claudia on here might be wondering about Europe and you know the imper the importance of it. So why don't we just talk about what's the importance of diversifying risk and opportunity? Well, uh, specifically in the market that we are seeing today, I think diversifying risk and opportunity uh, is more important than, than ever. Um, the US market, Amazon.com, is a very mature market. It's been existing for 27, 28 years now. While in Europe, the market is relatively new. If you just look in the last two years, four countries were launched. So basically, if you're a successful product on Amazon.com, you can basically relaunch it completely, but with your with your existing reviews. So it's a much quicker way to start generating uh, generating success. And uh, an additional benefit, uh, you know, if you if you launch it in, in for example, in online countries, um, you're not going to be successful in every country, uh, obviously, but. Uh, if you have a wider portfolio, for example, you are spreading your risk because there are different trends going on, different seasons going on, different different type of holidays going on. And so if you look at the companies that are spreading the risk, in general, they create a much more stable income because uh, you have ups and your downs. But if it's diversified in different markets, it helps you create a stable business. Okay, I, I I get that. Uh, you know, it, I think it is important, especially now we talk about being an omni-channel, and when I think of that, I think of you know getting away from Amazon. But this is another way to diversify, and you know, spread your wings, get over into the European market, and start selling over there. Uh, in fact, uh, I went to a a buddy of mine's. Um, this goes back a couple of years, but, uh, Toma Rabinovich, um, he, I went to his, uh, one of his events in Israel and I was talking to a, a lot of the European sellers and a lot of them didn't even sell in, um, in the U S they launched in Europe, had such great success in Europe. They just stuck around Europe because of the, it was less competition. They didn't have to spend as much on PPC. And they never did diversify over to the U.S., which I thought was really interesting. Like they had no interest to spread their wings and get into the U.S., where I think the opposite, we should be looking at spreading our wings. Why am I saying that so many times today? But we should be looking at... Uh, <laughs> Kelsey, You're hungry, looking for some chicken. <laughs> I, you know what? That's it. I am hungry. So uh, anyways looking to get over to the uh, to the European marketplace. I think it's a really important aspect of uh, being able to optimize your sales. What do you think? Well, it's actually very interesting that you that you mentioned because the reality is that less than 1% of the sellers are selling on a, on a global level. 
So, and that is not only U.S. companies wanting to sell in Europe, that are also European companies. Also in Europe, the majority is selling in their own country and then one or two other countries. Almost nobody really sells on uh, in online countries. As an example, in the Netherlands, opened two years ago. In two years, it already became Amazon the fourthest largest uh, e-commerce uh, platform in uh, in the Netherlands, and there are less than hundred thousand companies active for in uh, on Amazon dollar now. So, and there are a total of 10.5 million companies selling on Amazon. So if only uh, 1% is selling that, that basically, you know, shows basically how far the market is. Um, people are, I've been having this dialogue already for 10 years, right? 10 years, I've been, ta- I've been explaining to people, the future is borderless. And um, uh, Amazon actually gives the opportunity relatively easily to start uh, exploring new markets. But the difficulty is, um, is obviously the local experience that you, that you need. Uh, and that basically keeps people, you know, um, they, they will not make a step. They cannot really judge the risk or the opportunity. And it's, it's a sad thing because the ones that actually do sell on a pan-European level, they are generating much more resources. And they are basically buying off the local heroes. Because like you said, there's less competition, not a little bit less, I mean, way less competition in, uh, in Europe, specifically because also shattered to all the different uh, countries. So the ones that do it professionally, they are actually becoming European leaders. And then I can tell you from a revenue perspective, a market share perspective, it is outgrowing the, the dot-com market, uh, simply because yeah, uh, like I said, uh, nine countries are active, four were opened in the last two years, and Amazon is building warehouses throughout Europe. So another four will be launched surely in the next uh, next years. So I don't get it. And you just mentioned in the European market, um, the European sellers aren't taking advantage of it. The dot-coms are definitely not taking advantage of it. So why not? Like what? What is causing the issue about using or spreading out to a pan-European model? Okay, so let, let me let me just paint you the picture. Okay, so uh, you see a lot of uh, FBA companies saying, "Hey, we can ship to to whatever in, in Europe," and then you talk to that FBA to that warehouse company and they say, "Yeah, yeah, but we don't speak the language, and we also don't need a, we don't have a VAT number. And if you want to offer next day delivery, you also need a local VAT number. Oh, and your product needs to be compliant against local laws." Then you think, oh shit, I cannot work just with one warehouse company. I have to work with five different service providers. So you need to really understand and manage each of those service providers to be able basically to recognize if you're getting a good deal. Uh, So then the other alternative is, am I going to set up an internal organization? Uh, So Belgium recently opened just a few weeks ago. If you want to start uh, selling in Belgium, you need customer support that speaks Dutch and French, because of course it's a bilingual uh, country. So do you have somebody in-house that speaks both languages? Probably not. Uh, so you want to hire two people? No, because there's no full-time uh, job in the beginning because it just launched. And there's also no revenue to pay this person. So there's no work and no, no revenue. 
Then you need a local VAT number for the, for the local storage and the shipments. You need to do local sto store control. You need to do a content optimization in, the, in both languages. And you need to do marketing campaigns. So when a company, a country launches the same and the, the, team, the, the team that you have on Amazon.com, you need to set up per country. So it's a big investment. And uh, for, for small companies, it's just too big. For, for, for large companies, it's often too complex. And, uh, and basically, you know, they, what, what the majority do is, okay, let's launch just in one country, see if it works, and then I'll go to the second one. But what you often see is that, okay, the launch in one country is not that successful. So they're not able, really motivated to, you know, get a new budget for a second country because they don't have a success story from the first international country. Well, I say, okay, forget about the borders, yeah, start doing research where your biggest market is. So if you're from the Netherlands, don't start in Germany because it's the biggest market and the most easy because it's the neighbor country. Start checking in each country, how big is the market, who are your competitors, what are your prices. And then if you see other oh, markets, for example, Poland, I don't know, could be, then think back, how am I going to able to do it from operationally? Well, the majority thinks in opportunities from an existing operation. I say, look from a market perspective and then figure out how you're able to organize the operation. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, I've, uh, I've tried to talk to some of my uh, clients and they're just so hesitant, you know, to, to get over to Europe. And, um, you know, even over to the UK, uh, let's start it off easy because it's an English speaking company or country, but, um, is, is Germany still the hotspot? Is it still the, where, where a lot of people are launching out or starting well, out? Basically Germany and Amazon, uh, or, and the whole economics, because let's say is the larger market. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's basically Germany, then it's UK, then it's France or UK and France a bit on the same, same level. Uh, but you see if people want to launch in Europe, uh, especially uh, companies from outside Europe, they prefer to launch in the UK or in Germany, simply UK because they speak the language. So they think it's more easy and, uh, and Germany because it's this, the, the biggest market. So also from a competition perspective, and for example, the cost that you have for PPC, uh, it is actually a more expensive uh, country to launch. Uh, okay. Just, I want to go back to some of the listeners. So I see Marina's here, Chuck's here, Rad, uh, Howard's here, Claudia just asked the question. I, uh, oh, it's not about this, but it's about something uh, from last week. But uh, anyways, do you have questions? Do you have any questions about VAT? Do you have any questions about selling in Europe? I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Um, I don't sell uh, in Europe, and it is something I should be looking at. Um, I do want to uh, get started over there. It's always just, oh, where do I start? You know, dot uh, com is I have some. You start, you start with me, Norm. All right. <laughs> I like it's such a comfort zone, just dot com for me. And you know what? I'm the one telling people you got to diversify. You got to, you know, it, you got to get rid of the Amazon dot com, um, you know, single revenue stream. And when you think about this, like I said at the beginning of the uh, podcast, uh, spreading your wings over to, I did it again, God, 
Anyways, that's the fourth time. Whoever's going to be editing this episode for YouTube, take that out. Anyway, getting over to Europe is definitely a place to start. Getting over to any other um, uh, Amazon uh, country and starting to uh, try to sell. Like I do sell in Japan. And I thought it was very funny. This is how I got uh, started in Japan, by the way. Steph, you won't believe this. So um, we got denied. Then we went back. And then they said, okay, um, go. Th this is what they told me to do. Go to a store, buy a toothbrush, and send us the receipt. Have you ever heard of anything like that? No, I, uh, I'm trying to, uh, I think I need more context. Yep. So we did, we, like the person that I was working with in Japan was, he lived in Japan. He went to the store, he bought a toothbrush, he showed the receipt, like uploaded the receipt and we got approved. But we, I, it was hilarious. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it since. But the Amazon customer service person told us to go to the local store and buy a toothbrush. So anyways, that's just one of those stories. It's a one of a kind. Um, all right. So please send us over your questions because I'm very curious about what you would have to ask, Steph, about why you're either hesitant going over to the UK or over to uh, the European marketplace. Um, or if you are, what are your results? Let's talk about um, the revenue goals. So what should your revenue goals be compared from .com and Europe? It's a, it's a, depends basically on the number of countries that you want to go live. But yep. personally, uh, what we'd always said, okay, the first target, first target in general is to reach break even in a matter of months. So basically the cost of operating it and your revenues in a few months, you want to reach a break even level. Uh, the ultimate goal, uh, is we say 70 to 80% of your amazon.com sales should be realistic in Europe. Some above, some a little bit below, but that's basically the target, let's say shared target that we normally do with the brands that we cooperate with. First target, making sure that we, that there is mo enough money that all costs are covered in a couple of months. That always makes the general, the dialogue a little bit more relaxed. And then we can start scaling and building, building from there. So, so uh, I'm kind of curious about uh, your company. So if a person wants to do this themselves, what's the process? And then second question would be, how is your company different? What do you offer? Okay. Well, it basically starts with analyzing the catalog. Uh, we're going to check package specifications, uh, uh, the product in general, the prices, then we're going to start generating an overview of what your receivables are going to be on country level. So if you would set up for cost are different VT levels per country, the different Amazon fees per country uh, and per product category. So it starts with first making sure when you see all the receivables, what are you getting back and is that enough to have a profitable business? Secondly, we're going to check on your total catalog, what it would cost to start optimizing them on all pan UMP level or just three countries or just five countries. Then we're going to carry another scenario saying, okay, let's, for example, start with the 20% of the products that generate 80% of the revenue, like a sort of a soft launch to really make it very accessible. 
And then basically, uh, you have the complete project overview. So you understand what we do in the first week, in the first month, in the first three months, what the targets are, what their responsibilities are, and what our responsibilities are. And but to really simplify it, basically, as a, we as a company, we are not a project company. So if you need a customer support agency or a compliance agency, we are not there. We are the company that manages your European sales end-to-end. So we do the import, we do the compliance, we do the warehousing, we do the logistics, we do the customer support, we do the listings. So basically we do the end-to-end operation of the of, of Amazon. So your job as a brand is basically making sure that there's stock and that's that's about it. Okay. Uh, obviously there are meetings where we're discussing, uh, you know, how, uh, what kind of uh, trends do we see? Who are your competitors? Are we able to, uh, you know, to compete? So there's obviously, you know, a shared talk, but from an operational perspective, there's no pressure on, on the company. Uh, so that's basically in a nutshell, how we approach things and how we work with, with the brands. Uh, what makes us different than any, anybody in the industry is uh, we set up an individual seller account, which you, which the brand can access. Um, which you're, if you already have a marketing uh, company that you work with, they can also access, they can do the performance activities. But on the background, we do the boring stuff. So we do the translations if needed. We do the VT filing, we do the stock control, we do the warehousing, we do the compliance. So we, we are just making sure, because Amazon in Europe is an operating game. So we make sure that the products are, uh, are, are against local laws and uh, uh, to be able to sold, we make sure that the stock is in every country suit uh, available so we can offer next day delivery. Uh, but the big difference is, uh, is that the company, the US company, do not need to have a VT set up in Europe. Zero. Because we lease sort of seller accounts with already completely a legal and fiscal entity set up. So basically any brand can start selling in Europe in a matter of weeks directly on the most professional level because you have 30 people with different backgrounds from these different countries active at all activities uh, from running and leading in Amazon uh, brand. And once you see, okay, this brings good business, uh, Germany, France and uh, Portugal or whatever are the most uh, interesting markets that you take a few months to set up your own entity, your own VT, and then we shift the ownership from the seller account to the uh, to the brand, and then they can manage it themselves. So we create a very easy stepping stone into the UMP market with any, without any large investments up front, long-term contracts. So it's basically now just as accessible as I would say as Amazon.com. Okay. Now we're getting to the bottom of the hour. Just a couple of things. Like I just mentioned, if any of the listeners have any questions uh, about selling uh, over in Europe, just let us know. Uh, we do have a, a, a giveaway uh, today, uh, Wheel of Kelsey, and we also have a uh, something for everybody. So why don't you tell us about the the first, what is that one giveaway that you're giving, Steph? Well, Norm, uh, maybe this is also something for you. Are you also able to win something or uh, is it only your audience? Uh, what's that? Uh, are you also able to win or is it only the uh, audience? Oh, no, I can't win, unfortunately. But oh, okay, okay. Uh, this, this is going out to the audience. 
So uh, basically, we offer our complete operation without any uh, cost. So basically, any brand can immediately start selling. We will do the import, we do the listings, we do the compliance, we do the customer support, we do everything. And once the, the first sales there, we're just going to take a percentage up to 10% of the sales. But you can basically start selling immediately in a matter of weeks. On our cost, we will do the whole shabam in launching your product and operation in, uh, in Europe. So basically, right. you get a team of 30 FTE without actually paying them. So, Well, that's fantastic. So if you're either in the market right now or, like I know Claudia is uh, developing a product, let us know, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you'll be entered into this great giveaway. Imagine selling in Europe and you're not paying a penny. So that's a great offer. What about uh, the offer that you're giving to everybody? So uh, we will do market research uh, just to see upfront where we see the biggest potential. So competitor analysis, total market value. Uh, uh, so a, a market research to understand if online countries, where's the biggest market, that's for everybody. And then for the first five people that are saying, okay, step, let's go. We will offer a package that normally uh, you will pay for nine countries to go live. You only pay now for three countries to basically go live. So basically you get six countries for free. Uh, basically, uh, if you say about this, the first fine risk of opportunity, you, you, you triple it basically. That's fantastic. All right, everybody. So that's hashtag Will of Kelsey uh, and tag two people. You'll get a second entry. I see Tony's in there. Uh, hopefully some of you people are interested in selling in Europe. I would be, I'd be all over this. Imagine it is free of charge to start selling and you get the expertise of Steph and his 30 staff to help point you in the right direction and get selling. And for everybody else, you get three countries, pay for three countries and get six free. So that's a phenomenal uh, giveaway today. All right, Kelsey, let's head over to a word from our sponsor. Launching products isn't like it used to be. To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. Driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebate and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit Rebate.com today and get started with your 14-day free trial. Kelsey. Yes, I just uh, had one question for you, Steph. Um, for people that are interested for the um, prizes available for everyone, how should people reach out and contact you about that? Is there, uh, through the website? Well, of well, course, the website, marketplacedistry.com, that's one. Our LinkedIn page is also when you search on Marketplace Distry. Uh, and I think you can find the links here in the show and then also directly 
to LinkedIn, you know, always reach out. That's why I have LinkedIn, so you can reach out, ask questions. Uh, so um, just you know, just ping me, and I'll. Uh, well, just a just a thought. What about Kelsey? Come back. Uh, K at lunchwithnorm.com and just uh, give the information to you and then forward it over to Steph. How's that? Yeah, that, that, works that would too. be the easiest. Um, okay. I, and I do have one other thing here. Kels, come back. I have something that, uh, first of all, what episode is this? This is 396. So we're getting close to 400, aren't we? We are. We And we're going to be away during that podcast unfortunately but i uh, do want to like i see the same names coming up here uh, week after week after week after week and i'd really love to be able to send out everybody who's on live right now uh just uh some token of our appreciation and that's uh one of our mugs uh, hopefully there's still m&ms left so if you're interested uh no strings attached. We're not going to be doing anything with your information, but uh, just send us over your address and we'll make sure that you get it out. Uh, I, and I think that's just to say thank you. Uh, again, it's everybody that's uh, listening week after week or three times a, a week is just fantastic. It's the same names I see all the time. And hey, if we got a couple of new people, enjoy the mug. So just send right. that over. What are you going to say, Kels? Yeah, just uh, email me um, 400 or mug or something like that um, in the subject title uh, at to k at lunchwithnorm.com. I'll put this information in the uh, comments section so uh, you guys can check it out. But um, yeah, I'll add that now. All right, fantastic. Okay, and if nobody's interested, then fine. I save a few mugs. I'll send one to you, Steph. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and you'll get one anyway. But uh, let's go back. I So you talked about your services. Now I want to talk specifically about if a seller wants to do this on their own, what are like five or 10 things that they have to do to set up in the European marketplace? So yours is a done-for-you service. But if uh, Marsha or Tony or Chuck wants to set up and they want to go through this on their own, what do they have to do? What are they looking at doing? Well, if I will be in their position, uh, the steps I would take is first do market research to understand where your biggest market is, one. Then second, I would check uh, on the Amazon. Uh, for example, it would be France. I would check in France, uh, is my product compliant against the Amazon France requirements? Secondly, uh, then you need to be able to also issue product compliance against French laws. For example, your product labeling uh, doesn't have to require the, the, the ingredients on it in the same name as it is required by French law. So make sure your package and your product is able to be sold. Uh, then third is um, you need to have an, a, an, a VAT number in that country. There are a lot of service providers that uh, offer a VAT uh, setup. Then uh, you need to have a freelancer to be able that is specialized 100% on Amazon, not somebody that also does, does Google or whatever, 100% Amazon to do a product, uh, product research basically on keyword phrases and then start creating the content. 
uh, obviously opening up the, the seller account on the background, uh, start then listing the products and, and basically send stock to the uh, Amazon warehouses. Uh, do check up front how that works when you ship from the US to Europe because it's quite uh, complex. You need to have to write documents because uh, nobody in the Amazon warehouse are going to sign any form of in, in custom uh, documents. And then you are you are set to go. <laughs> so I obviously tell it very quickly, uh, yeah. but uh, don't don't do this. You know, just if you're gonna start selling, make sure you do professional. So right. um, your product compliance is not something you can take a risk in. I mean, because you can get a 10 years uh, product liability. So it depends basically what product. If you sell a mug, no issue. If you sell something with a plug, somebody house burned down uh, six years later, you can be held responsible. Uh, or when your product labeling is not good, you can ship everything to, to, to Amazon and then basically you get complaints and then your stock is going to be destroyed. So point is find specialists in their field, uh, make sure that everything is well done and then you're able to do good business. So in general, what I did to just give a little bit of background of myself, I've been doing this for 12 years already. For the majority of those 12 years, I was inside working as an interim manager inside companies to set up the operation, to be able to sell on a pan-European level. And what I mostly of the time did, I set up a project group. So I needed to ask the warehouse manager to support, the, the finance team to support, the back office team to support, the marketing team to support. So you make a sort of a project group and each are going to do their part of the business and you need one project owner, then uh, it's much more better to, to control each activity uh, than in, uh, as an Amazon manager that is the international expansion manager because you cannot have, a, it's not a side project. Uh, so um, that's my answer to your question. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about another aspect of this and just some things to consider when selling in Europe, the differences or just a U.S. seller, Canadian seller. What do we have to do differently than when we're selling over in Europe? Well, um, Amazon in the U.S. is a marketing game. Well, in Europe, it's an operating game. Um, so it first starts with setting up the operation but once the operation is there it's the same as what you do in the .com as basically analyzing uh, the activities that you do uh, and improve them that is from a customer experience point of view that is from a product page ranking point of view that is from uh, the ppc point of view so um but like I said, you need to first understand the local operations. Once that is done, then it's building like any other brand. And obviously, what you really need, that's really a big mindset uh, shift. If you're successful at Amazon.com and you basically, you're, you reach a maturity when it comes to product sales, you know, you're unable to go any much further. A lot of uh, sellers then say, okay, let's launch a new product, a new child, a new variation. That's not what I recommend in Europe. So if you have a, a successful product, do not launch a competitor, just launch in a new country. Because it's the same product, 
with the same product page, you just need to optimize it. So it's a much accessible way to start uh, increasing your sales is by basically opening up new countries. So um, if you do it well, you can open up a new country every month. Uh, so that is obviously in a, in, in a different way of, uh, of, of, of growth uh, planning. Okay. Uh, last question for me, and then we will go over to the uh, listeners' questions. But uh, obje uh, objectives. So what should your objectives be as an entrepreneur? Uh, what my objective for my entrepreneur, so I think um, that you can look at it from, from, from diff different perspectives. Um, what I often say is, for example, you know, uh, a lot of, I think 60% of the FBA brands want to do an exit. So you're talking about 10,000 companies that are hoping that uh, Atrasio and the only other FBA aggregators are going to buy you. But the reality is, if you look at our like now 200 aggregators uh, that are, uh, and they all together purchase just a couple of thousand brands. So the chance that you're actually going to be bought by an, F by an FBA aggregator is very slim. So I understand that you want to work with an FBA aggregator, right? Because they have the resources to really blitz scale your business. Well, I say do not sell your company to an FBA brand, but blitz scale with us, right? Find partners that have all the resources to be able to still grow, get the maximum out of your products. So, uh, so I think you need to really consider that as an, as an alternative instead of selling your, your business. Because also in that way, you can still focus on the thing you're good at, product development, understanding the market, without you actually having to carry the responsibility of really scaling it from an operational uh, perspective. So uh, if I, if you, for example, also ask me, and that's a little bit of a different uh, understanding is, um, when you want to grow as an entrepreneur, I think you're in a very luxurious position. If you did not really you don't have a product preference yet or a market preference yet or approach preference yet. So if I would say, okay, where do I want to be in five years? I would look at it from a perspective. What kind of activities do I want to do? In which market where I can, for example, recognize opportunity and risk? Um, with type of operational activities I would like to do, what type of big of a deals I want to do. And then you start really creating a sort of a filter of where you want to be. And then if you make some planning for your future planning, you need can bring it first to your own SWOT analysis, your own filter. And then on that way, you can better decide which road you choose actually has the desired outcome for you as an entrepreneur. Okay. All right. Because so, the majority is is the majority thinks short term. They constantly think, can I go left? Can I go right? Can I go left? Can I go right? Uh, well, if you take it a little bit further and really take some time to really uh, ask yourself those questions, uh, I see uh, that you're able to much better steer uh, your future. All right. Very good. Thanks. Uh, we got a bunch of questions that came in. So. 
Uh, Kelsey, you want to start with those, please? Yeah. Uh, so the first one is from Rad. He's asking, do we have to get VAT registered for a brand? No. And you're talking about uh, if so they register with you. I'll, I'll, normally, yes, but we are the first one in Europe to create a new solution where we, uh, uh, where it's, it's not necessary. We are 100% responsible for that whole uh, situation. We would only recommend you to do the VET registration once we've tested the market. That's good business. And then you can do such long-term investments, such as uh, working with a local accountant and local VET re uh, registering. So normally, yes. If you go outside us, yes. If you go through us, you don't need it. Okay. okay next. All right. The next one is from Chuck. Uh, once established in the European marketplace, uh, what ongoing services would you continue to offer um, that is necessary? Uh, or would the seller be able to continue on their own once established? Well, good question, uh, Chuck. Um, so um, Amazon is by far the largest sales channel in Europe. Huh? If you look, for example, in Germany, 65% of the product searches uh, start on Amazon. So the first thing that you want to do is indeed establish on Amazon. Once you are established on Amazon, uh, there are a lot of other local marketplaces, right? In the Netherlands, you have Bold.com, you have uh, French FC discount. So every local market has often one or two other uh, sales channels. Keep in mind from a revenue perspective, they've never been able to compete. But from a strategical reasoning, you could be also looking at different marketplaces. Uh, and this, what's for sure is going to happen when you do good sales, local retailers are checking on Amazon, who is Amazon's choice, who is the best seller, and they are going to contact you to see if there is a normal retail uh, uh, relationship possible. If that's also your strategy, if you want to work with local retailers or with local uh, distributors, then what's important that you have a local warehouse in Europe so you can offer at least uh, direct shipment to the uh, retailer. Uh, because if you would, for example, ask a French distributor, French retailer to purchase direct from the US, then they are 10 years long responsible for your product. And I can promise you no distributor or retailer wants to have a product liability for 10 years. So that's something that you can avoid when you have a local, uh, local warehouse. All right. Uh, would you be all uh, of would you see to continue on their own uh, establishment? Yeah, in general, we always advise. Huh? So basically, it depends again what's your objective as a as a, as a business owner. Um, we can open uh, for if I'm selling my own services. I'm uh, sorry, uh, sorry for that. The norm. We are your one one stop shop solution for Europe. Right, so uh, if you do not want to set up an international operation, we are a very good partner. If you do have the ambition to set up local sales offices, local local establishments, etc., then you need to look at, at us as a sort of a stepping stone into the market. Uh, if you do not want to work with us, uh, then obviously, yeah, you need to work with different service providers and then, uh, you know, invest in them, build up the relationship, make sure you know the contracts and then, uh, you know, you're in here in the business for a long term. So, you know, spend some time on it to understand it. All right. Okay. Uh, next question is from Tony. Uh, will the reviews and ratings carry over from the US 
a Canada or will we have to start from zero? Is there a Vine review option there too? Uh, yeah, good question. Obviously, that's the, the main reasons why we love to work with US brands because we take with you the reviews. So if you have 500 reviews, you launch with 500 reviews. And I can tell you in those small markets like uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, Poland, Sweden, and but also Spain, if you have a product that says 500 reviews, you're pretty unique. So uh, that really helps in launching. Uh, and Vine, yeah, Vine exists. The majority of the tools that you know on Amazon.com also exist. And you're able to, you know, manage that yourself as the same as you do on Amazon.com. So we do recommend that. Uh, but if you already are in the US, already have to review it, it's not really, not really necessary. All right. And let me see. Uh, another one from Tony. Uh, should we change the packaging or labeling for each marketplace? Well, yes and no. Uh, there are local requirements, obviously. Uh, if you are going to the supermarket in, uh, in the US and you see a French packaging, you're probably not going to buy the product. So yes, you need to have a local uh, packaging. But that can also be very practical solved. So you can put a sticker on it. You can put that paper in the in the, in the packaging. Uh, so it doesn't mean that you need to prepare at the manufacturer already the packaging. You can just, uh, you know, sort of sim simplistic organize it by having, for example, the stick stickers available. So a, what we, for example, do, uh, and more warehouses do that, it's not something unique. Uh, you, you create an, you create basically one European stock location. And when you ship to France, you put the French sticker on it, or when they are packaging available, you repack it and ship it to, uh, to France. Most easy is often just to put a, a paper in it or a sticker on it because then the cost is like 10 cent or whatever per, per box. Uh, but yes, you need to make sure that you're compliant against local law because it's a dangerous thing when you get the French government or the German government, especially the German ones. Um, uh, if you start selling, that is not uh, not not, uh, uh, not allowed. And also, you don't want to get blocked on Amazon.de because such uh, because you're going to get complaints. All right. Uh, then we have one from Brand uh, from Rad. We talked about the first question: um, if you need VAT for your brand with each country, uh, but do we have to? Have yeah, I'm reading it. Do we have to get a VAT for our brand with each country? Well, yes and no. So there is a new rule that you're able to ship uh, from one country, uh, for example, Germany, to the rest of Europe. The bad thing is. Is, is that you're unable to offer next day delivery. And I can tell you, if your competitors offer next day delivery, you're gonna lose. So by UMP law, if you ship a stock in France or in Germany or in Italy or whatever, you need to have a local VAT number. So yes, you do that. You need to do that if you wanna do professionally. Do we have to have our products in each language? Uh, yes, you need to have your products in each language because uh, you know, uh, a German wants to read it in German uh, as an American wants to read it in English. It's but that can be a sticker or a, a sleeve. And that, exactly, that can be a sticker. I mean, you you need to create, obviously you need to do pro, uh, product page optimization uh, because if you do Google Translate, believe me, uh, Germans and French have a difficult, difficult, different way of looking for a solution online. 
So they're going to recognize it. It's also from an SEO perspective, it's you need to optimize it. And then your product packaging need to de indeed also be local, but that can be solved by a sticker. Is it easy to import uh, goods from China? Uh, well, yes, uh, we do pickups everywhere. Uh, this week in, uh, in Scotland, in the US and in China. Uh, so if you, you need to have a good uh, company, uh, there are all specialized companies that help you with, with the import. And uh, it, it, what is obviously important is that your manufacturer uh, has the right uh, certificates. So uh, that's also something that you need to check. Uh, it's also something that we always upfront check to make sure that uh, the products are again compliant. Are there any suggestions for solar solar products? Uh, I don't know uh, what you're referring to. Um, if you ask about the customs uh, or you're asking from Amazon, um, basically in both scenarios, I don't know. I would need to I would need to check. So how it normally works is that each product has an HS code of an import code. Based on that, you get a, a percentage. And then uh, the same also happens on Amazon.fr and IT and ES. You're, you're checking per product category. And I think they're like 12,000. You need to check what are actually the local commissions that Amazon is charging. All right. Okay. Um, and we just have a couple more. Um, one from... Chuck, are you strictly for European expansion or do you handle UAE, Australia, India too? Luckily, Chuck, I'm only, only doing Europe. <laughs> it's already a big job. So yeah, no, we are, we really consider ourselves as a European operator. So we do Europe and, uh, and Europe today, last two years ago, it was five countries. Today it's nine countries and we expect there's going to be more countries. So uh, that's just really our specialty. We are the European operator. Okay, so I think that is everything. Um, did I uh, did I ask about the uh, change of packaging or labeling for each marketplace? Yeah, well, it's basically the stickering part that I just uh, that we just uh, shared. So uh, it's something that uh, uh, depends on which warehouse you work. I, I would not recommend to create stock for France and stock for Italy or Spain because then obviously you're increasing the stock uh, volume. I would keep that volume as li limited as possible and be more flexible to, for example, the strict hearing option. And once, obviously, you're generating hundreds of pieces per country, then you can talk about with your manufacturer about the uh, labeling uh, products for the local market. Okay. So now we're getting to the top of the hour. Uh, last chance to enter. If you're interested in getting your product set up in Europe for free, this is uh, something that Steph's offering one lucky person today. Your product, your Amazon product listed in Europe for free. He's going to be doing that for you. And if you want to get your product or three, uh, your product into three countries, and get six for free, he's also offering that as well. Now, I'm not getting an affiliate for this or anything like that. This is something he's offering. So I think you, it's- a you, you told me I would get a Merc, right, Mom? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> but uh, anyways, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey and tag two people and you'll get a second entry. So check it out, last chance. I noticed that we got a couple more questions and then we're gonna talk to uh, Steph about his contact info. 
Okay, um, so let me see. We have a question from Marsha that came in. Does your company handle the translations or do we have to do that here in North America? We want to do that because we have everybody in-house from France, from Germany. Everybody is in-house, so our team is sitting together. We do not outsource it to freelancers because it's important to have a uniform approach as a brand. So yes, we do that in-house, uh, and but we do it on a local approach. There's no such thing as a European strategy. You need a German for the German market, a French for the French market, but you want them to work together to understand who's the market, who's the brand, what's the quality, etc. Okay. All right. So what's your uh, contact information, Steph, if somebody wants to get a hold of you? Uh, well, um, uh, yeah. Are you able to share my LinkedIn uh, uh, profile? Yep, we can do that. It's showing Boom. up on the screen right now. Good. Then I can do for the first time on, on television. Always see it. Click, click <laughs> here. And uh, uh, so just reach out to me personally. And then we can just have a one-on-one -on -one talk about what your plans are. We can figure out if it's a doable uh, approach uh, for you. Obviously, also to the website. But uh, I promise you that I will also always be now the first person to, to talk to. And uh, so, uh, looking to hear about your growth plans, and you know, let's figure out if this is a suitable business for you. All right, fantastic. And by the way, Tony, um, I'm doing some Amazon lives this week. If you want to join me, that would be fantastic. Just reach out. Uh, and Howard. As soon as I get your uh, products, I'm going to do a full, just an Amazon live, just on ORL because there's such great, I've been using your product now um, since, geez, for the last couple of weeks since you were on and uh, it's fantastic. And one of these days, Marsha, we're going to get your code straight. But uh, if anybody's interested in sending us over some products, we're doing Amazon live shoppable videos posting on our social media and on our deal site so just let kelsey know and we'll make arrangements for that okay so let's go over to our sponsor and then over to the wheel i want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running the lunch with norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors post purchase pro clear ads jeff schick law Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. Okay. All right. So it's time for the Wheel of it's Kelsey. It's time. It's time. All right. Here we go. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. That was the COVID haircut, huh? Yeah, that sure was. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for entering the Wheel of Kelsey. We do this every live episode, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, if you aren't the winner, well, we've got great giveaways today um, where you can score still. So information is in the comment sections, and we'll be – I'll post. I'll grab that right here. Um, but let's see who today's winner is. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com to pick up your prize. And it looks Claudio. like Claudio. There we go. Wow, that's a major prize there, uh, Claudia. All right. Congratulations, Claudia. Just send me that email so I don't forget, and uh, we'll connect you with Steph. Yeah, and so don't forget, everybody, if you're interested in 
uh, going over to Europe. Three countries get six free. So that's for everybody. Okay, so just uh, check that out. And uh, I think that's just awesome. A great, like just a, for being a listener. Okay, so anyways, check it out. If you're interested, it's quite the deal. Uh, all right, Steph. So thanks a lot for uh, coming on board today. It was awesome. I really appreciate you coming on board and just uh, 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 telling everybody about it. I wanted to sort of segue into... Um, a great way to spread your wings because I said it so many times today. But <laughs> now I can't even think of a way to do it. But anyways, yeah. So list your products on Europe. It's a great way to spread your wings. <laughs> there. All right. So thank you so much for coming on today. It was awesome. Uh, everybody, I hope you learned something. Uh, it's a Europe is definitely a market to investigate. Uh, I had no idea you could get that much um, uh, percentage of your .com sales. So I'm going to be talking to Steph afterwards about some of our products. And um, I would highly recommend that you check out uh, the deal for everybody today. Again, it's not an affiliate. Check it out. See if it's good for you. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur.